the latest episode of Off Brand, we were joined by Simon Millership, an experienced digital business strategy and brand transformation leader with a proven track record in both B2B and B2C businesses. Working with global brands such as Adidas, Ford, SAP and Motorola. His experience as a creative director and transformation expert has helped give Simon a deep understanding of what customers want. And in this episode, he explains why bringing together strategy, technology, design and data could be the winning play in developing a great brand and customer experience that delivers business value and results. Welcome, Simon. It's lovely to have you uh, join us today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Same. Fantastic. And I guess let's jump right in. Um, Can you tell us about your career so far? Yeah, where do I start? Let's go, maybe go all the way back to kind of what's, I guess, made me at this point in my career, where it's kind of started from. So I went to art school, um, actually the foundation course originally, then I did a degree in graphics, film and photography. Um, always had the ambition to be a film director, but actually when I realised that was going to be another three years of study and doing, and actually at the time getting into the film industry was really difficult. I thought, nah, I don't think I've got the appetite. I want to get in and start you know, being in the commercial world and doing stuff. So I joined a company called Imagination, which is actually uh, really a brand experience. Now it's definitely called a brand experience company. And worked on some pretty major projects. And that was really where I got to sort of start looking at the wider opportunities in working with screen media, with film and photography. Um, And I have, admit, I've got quite a long-term surfing habit and decided that I couldn't surf and live in London successfully. So packed my bags off after, you know, pretty short time, went off to Australia to do the kind of round-the-world trip. And when I got to Australia, um, the... The opportunity to become an art director was just there on the table because the agencies there were really, really enjoyed having UK people come over and work with them. So I started life as an art director and one of the clients I worked on was Apple. And the great thing about that was, obviously, everyone I think would love to work with the Apple brand. But the great thing was it was just in that begin, those beginning days of the internet and digital media and digital content. And that's when I really got the, guy, the guys at Apple said, you know, you need to do everything that you produce on a Mac. Like everything has to be digital. Wow. Okay. So it was a baptism by fire. But then for me, the lights went on. So wow, you can digitize physical print. You can digitize video. You can create content on the Mac. It was just amazing. And and the next thing it was the internet. And the next thing it was all that late nineties e-commerce. You know, that sort of heading towards the whole dot com boom. And I was just totally taken up in it. And really, from that point on, I've been totally digital. Um, then I got headhunted by Wonderman, um, and I moved back to London and took on my sort of first big uh, big agency role as a creative director. Um, I had a regional role for, uh, for Europe, and I worked on the Ford business. And at that point, it was sort of that, you know, we're starting to get into – Modem speeds are getting better and the internet has really started to show promise. Actually, it was just after the, the dot-com crash. And um, I changed roles at that point because uh, the, one of an agency in London actually didn't really have a digital department. So myself and another guy set that up and we grew that to about sort of 80 people. So I was there, creative director, managing director, and it was all really all about big global clients. It was Land Rover, Adidas, uh, Motorola I worked on. 
And during that time, I met a group of really cool guys from, strange of all places, Kansas City. Uh, John Cook and Matt Anthony, um, they were the CEO and head of client services at VML. And they asked me to join VML to start their uh, European operation based in London, um, which is where I made, kind of made the transition from being creative director into more of the kind of business strategic side. So the role was about client engagement, strategy, it was really thinking about new business, uh, network growth, et cetera. And that's when I kind of really sort of pivoted a bit in my career um, and it's also the point where I think the kind of lights went on with actually in the digital business, I think being a creative director is quite different to what I guess more now called traditional advertising because it's not really about the big idea. It's about a whole series of factors, you know, data, technology, strategy, insights, all these different things have to all come together to create this, at the, at the time, it's really about, you know, it's a digital experience, which has now become more about brand experience. And I did that for, for 10 years at VML. I loved it. I had a great time, really great people. Um, and I learned so much. And the factors that came into play beyond my control is when Martin Sorrell left WPP, Mark Reed moved into the business, and then, you know, the organization started to change. It was all over the news. So VML got merged with YNR, and I just decided it it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. So I left and became freelance. And I've been doing kind of some personal projects. I've been doing, um, I guess, really more the brand experience and brand strategy work, for different agencies doing different freelance work. So actually, you know, I've been freelancing the last 12, 18 months. And I met through somebody I used to work with at VML, Fred, um, met this really interesting lady called Egli, who's, she's Greek, so the agency in Athens. And we met actually before all the, all the pandemic hoopla in January. And been interesting business, Interweave is the, the company's name. They are they're a Greek-based agency based in Athens. Um, they've got uh, their specialism of travel, tourism, and government, education. But what they do, which I think is, is seems quite different and almost unexpected in some ways, is they use a quite a, a, a strong strategic approach by having a group of kind of specialists and advisors to work together to take, let's say, an Accenture's been in, an Accenture's done kind of big business transformation piece, and then it's like, okay, now what do we do? Now then I'll take that piece of strategic work and put together a team, quite a diverse team from climate change and politics and NGOs and to then kind of dissect that and think about how to actually take that and build it out into this customer brand experience. Now, how do we actually manifest that? So quite an untypical agency approach, because normally what you're doing is getting a strategy team to come together, let's have a two-day workshop. Actually, what uh, Interweave does is literally get kind of quite a spread of very senior and interesting people from all sorts of walks of life to come together to really speak to the business and help them go on that journey. And the, and the the positioning of Interweave is all around driving change. And the driving change isn't, isn't make the change from the top level. It's how to take that business strategy and actually then build it to something that really delivers on the, on the brand and the customer experience. So I'm working with Interweave. I've been with the agency about nine months. And my role is as the business engagement and brand experience director. And we're looking to open up in the UK, fingers crossed, 2021. Seems like a bit of a mad thing to do at the moment. But, uh, you know, we've got some good plans and uh, I think also it's a small company. It's 50 people. 
And I think, you know, having worked in the WPP world um, for the bigger agencies, I, I kind of like going back to that sort of small, nimble, agile, working with teams very closely. I think mm. the in the client organizations, they've got uh, one of the brands, give me example, is Metaxa, uh, which is owned by Remy Martin, they're based out of Belgium. I mean, they, they really like the fact that they get the people they meet and the people they work with and you know we're, we're a small company and we, we we think on our feet and we do things in a, in a very thoughtful agile way as opposed to oh am i going to get charged all this fee for a bunch of people i don't want and i'm enjoying that back to a small agency it's, it's really refreshing yeah it's almost like you've come 360. <laughs> yeah in fact it's true because actually when i started my career and when I was in Australia, particularly, I worked for small agencies. Yeah, yeah then I kind of went WPP for best part of 20 years. And now, yeah, I come full circle. But I really say that, you know, that transition was really all for me, all about that touching the internet and touching the sort of first, first wave of how digital and digital technology affected the way we think, the way we work, the way we communicate, the way we transfer information. It was just like, wow. And... Interestingly, actually, a couple of people I worked with in Australia at, at the time, they've also gone on to, to have big big jobs in tech, and they attribute it to the same period in our lives, that sort of mid-90s, when we were like, this is just incredible, like the things you can do and the flow of information and, and the possibilities. And I think that's what still excites me today is that I know the internet is ubiquitous and it's everywhere and we just almost forget it's part of our lives. varied career so far so is there anyone specific in your career that's really kind of influenced you and kind of you talked about that pivot from um in being in the kind of like the internet wow when you pivoted joining vml so is there anyone else that's kind of kind of adapt, made, made your mindset change a bit or opened up new opportunities and thinking for you yeah that's a great that's a great question there's there's one guy um his name's jeffrey frost unfortunately he's not with us anymore sadly um, he was the CMO of Motorola and I worked in the Motorola business for I think nearly four years <clears throat> in a sort of creative strategic capacity global role which is fantastic and at the time this is really just at that point where the iPhone and iTunes and apps were starting to, to really um, get into the, into the mainstream and Motorola is, is known, it's a sort of 1950s, you know, we invented the radio in the car, all that sort of stuff, bit, sort of, bit of an old school company. And Jeffrey Frost's mandate was reinvent the brand, you know, make it kind of, make it sexy, make it relevant. Um, and their products weren't that great. They had this kind of flagship, almost like a retro product called the Razor. It was a flip phone, which is actually pretty cool, but it, you know, didn't have apps and it was, it's sort of, Screen experience is not that great. Anyway, I had so that phone. Remember that razor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it at its time it was really super cool. <laughs> it was cool, but it but it was sort of missing what was to become the iPhone, etc. Mm. Anyway, um, without getting off track, the thing about um, meeting and talking with Jeffrey Frost was he had this really incredible insight, and I'll never forget it because he said, "Okay." And a boom, he's a very tall, like six foot three, booming American voice, really had a huge presence in the room. Um, and he was ex-Nike, that was the thing I was going to say. So he really understood, you know, brand and consumer marketing. And and he said, look, he said, we could do a brilliant job, you know, creating a handset and marketing it and talking about it. But there's two other things in play 
Two, we have said that one we have control over and the other one we don't. So we can build the handset experience, but then there needs to be the operating system, the software. And if that's rubbish and that doesn't work, well, it makes no difference. It's the third thing we have absolutely no control over, he said, which is the carrier, like your relationship with the provider of the network. You know, you buy your handset through the provider. So that experience is based on these three pieces coming together. In fact, there's a, um, I think it was, uh, it was a consultancy that had this thing called the zero moment of truth, mm. which is old school is order something, box arrive, unpacking experience, assembly experience, use experience. So the three factors. Now there's a zero one, which is, can I find it on the internet? What do other people think about it? I'm going to share and get someone else's opinion and I'm going to make sure it's actually what I want before I even buy the thing. So his, his idea was, is really around the same sort of, there are things that need to come together to build that really clever, smart, fantastic customer experience. And that was when I, it really was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it stuck, stuck with me ever since. Yeah. And it's so still relevant like today um, in that sense of, you know, companies like Amazon, like you're not buying from the producer anymore, are you? You're buying from a third party, uh, you know, shop. And if their delivery fails or they damage it and then it does impact your thought about what you ordered in, in essence. Yeah, and, and I think the you know there's, there's good and bad things about Amazon. I mean, the good thing is that they bring together retailers onto a platform, and you know when you buy it, there's a there's a number of things you can rely on. So you can rely on the price, you can rely on the delivery, you can rely on there being an issue if you have to return it, etc. That's all fantastic. But the flip side is it's taken away all that lovely. Was it called uh, Bookshop.org? Just mm. launch, isn't it? All those independent book research. Yeah. I think any more of that aggregated uh, verticals in in markets where we, we aggregate them so people can actually have a buying choice, but it's under that aggregated platform. So it feels like it's yeah, I've got a choice. It's safe. I get good price, etc. Yes, I feel like that's going to be something that will start to return. I think Amazon's got a bit a little bit too big, a bit a bit too. Um, yeah, too present. Yeah, I think fundamentally people like the idea of supporting the independents and the locals, but they don't do it because it's too much of a bad experience. Like and multiple people haven't ironed out their customer experience, their journey transition through the website, their, like you're saying, the total experience um, around the whole product. Yeah. Um, and, and Amazon, I think, is just a default because it's nice and easy. But if an independent can make it as easy, and if that's mm. why, yeah, coming together to make, you know, one platform that can can be um, represent the independents, then I think people will, will go there um, for sure. And, and I agree. And But they're fighting the next day generation. Mm. It comes the next day yeah. or the next hour. I mean, you know, we've got a whole, behind us, a whole generation of people that just think, you know, you hit the button and it just turns up mm. as opposed to, well, why don't you wait a week? And if you really want it, why not wait if it's something that, you know, that you really are passionate about owning, whatever it is, be the clothing or a piece of tech or some shoes, well, just wait for it. Why does it have to be tomorrow? But I'm guessing if they wait for it, then that comes back to your point about the importance of brand experience, right? Because you've got to create that desire to wait for it, haven't you? It's where, you know, you want to own something that's really almost bespoke, but something you found that someone else doesn't know about. 
you know, a piece of clothing or, you know, skateboard or a bike or whatever it is, something you, you know, and that company just makes small run. It doesn't do a lot of, it makes kind of, it crafts things. So wouldn't it be lovely to think that people are prepared to wait for that, that total ownership experience of something that's really special and that you will own for a long time and you will cherish because, well, we have to wait for it. You know, that's, and that, I think we're sort of, missing that in the, you know back to this thing about brands is you know you, you're sort of missing that idea of the best saddle maker or the best jeans maker or somebody who makes the best guitar you know that's loveliness of ownership where you can be really proud because you own something that somebody else hasn't got or they haven't discovered because you, know, you just feel that that's that what you're buying is an expression of who you are mm. as opposed to all this kind of fast homogenous cheap price it falls to bits in six months oh let's just get another one i'll throw it away built-in redundancy you know there's, there's kind of something about that as well i think which is hopefully going to come back how how do brands um make sure that they get it right in the sense of how do they make sure that they get more effective um touch points that allow them to exist in this world that is very commoditized and very speed related. How can they, yes. how can they kind of adapt their thinking or look at their brand and, and, and build it stronger so that as it goes through this change um, in digitization, how can it really stand out, I guess, and survive? Definitely in my role, um, Brand experience tends to mean what's the the UI, the the interface, the actual connection points. What's it visually look like? What's the cognitive design? What's the optimized button placements? Variant testing and all these things to make sure that the the process or the experience you have, if you're particularly if you're buying something optimizes the outcome. So you've got your conversion in the cart or you've got page loads or you've got streaming quality, whatever it is. And those things are obviously super important. But for me, I think the, the moments that really, as a customer, really matter are much more around responsiveness, access, quality of response, and the fact that you feel you can interface with a company as a customer really successfully. So when you email because, you know, you want to find out something, you get a response back that says, you know, you'll get, we'll be back to you within 12 hours. The person uses their name in the foot of an email and that's, you actually know isn't some made up name, that's actually the person you're speaking to. You have a customer or service issue when you pick up the phone and you don't spend 45 minutes in the queue waiting. I know I won't say now because obviously times are a bit difficult at the moment, but it's all those underlying points of, ton of contact that the customer has for me that make a disproportionately large amounts of successful outcome for brand experience. And that to me is about, you know, if you look at a service, service design construct, you have the top layer, which is that kind of front of stage where these are all the touch points in the in front end experience. But then you've got that middle and lower stage. The middle layer is the kind of those data, data transfers. And the lower stage is how the business handles the customer along the life cycle, knowing who they are, not having to fill a form in twice, they remember you, etc. Those things are so, it's surprisingly simple, but they, to me, they have a disproportionately large effect. The fact that someone goes, oh, 
Hello, Vicky. Nice to hear from you again. I see that you shot with us six months ago. Fantastic. Thanks for being a repeat customer. How can I help you today? Oh, suddenly feel special. You know, it's those things that are much more about the human interaction, the fact that you're recognized and known as a customer, you can set some preferences. I think those things get lost, very much lost in the brand experience because we get so caught up, and I'm a victim of that too, you get so caught up in the UI, great interface, that sort of stuff. It's kind of all that backstage stuff that is also making a big difference. I think there's you know, the big title of, of business transformation um, which tends to be the domain of you know, the Accentures of the world, the, the big consultancies. And you know, business transformation touches so many facets of the company, from finance to logistics to customers to data, you know, it's every single part of the business, and it's a massive undertaking. But what, te- what can, I think, get lost is that you know, you, as, you, as you drill down into actually implementing some of those business strategies is – you kind of get lost in the fact that actually the front door to any company is its brand. And that's never changed. That hasn't changed since the 50s, you know, when we had, you know, brand advertising and advertising agencies and Ovi in those days. It's still the same. It's just that now that brand is fully accessible in so, so many more ways. And if that brand experience and that touch point is not really thought through and well-crafted and set up in a way for success, then the business transformation to some degree doesn't work because it's, you know, you're still with your transforming your business. You're still, whether it's products or services, whether it's an airline or car company or retail or whatever it is, you still really trying to be to B or B to C. You're still trying to engage a customer to so that, that lovely kind of sense of the right experience. Talk to me, because you know who I am, what I do, you learn about me. Those those rules are what actually dictates the success of the business transformation if it's not executed in a great way. So in your experience, do you feel, I mean, you've worked with multiple large businesses and multiple consultancies, Um are you seeing this kind of phrase digital transformation or business transformation perhaps being either overused or maybe misused and mis- misunderstood? Yeah, I think there's a sort of use of the, of the phrase. Let's stick with digital transformation because I think it's interesting that, I mean, everything's digital, so why is it digital? But actually, and very relevant in the last nine months, you know, companies that have not made a C-level, board-level decision to digitally transform lost big time. And I was listening to uh, Scott Galloway. If you don't know, you've heard of him, Professor Galloway. He's a, he's a marketing, he's a kind of Harvard professor. Super. If you don't know him, look him up, Scott oh, Galloway. Plug Scott Galloway. Hmm. Um, really interesting guy. And he had this podcast and he was talking about, you know, effects of COVID. And it wasn't, it wasn't to do with, the um, systemic effects with society. He was talking about, you know, the, the statistically what, what the pandemic's done. And, you know, the question to him was, you know, what changes do you think have taken place? He went, no, it's not about change, it's about acceleration. And so, and that's directly relevant to, to business transformation. He had this incredible statistic. He said it's taken, I think he said, nine years for e-commerce to become 16% of overall U.S. retail. 
but nine months for it to increase from 16% to 28% of all retail is online. That's quick. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, Amazon got a whopping great chunk of that, but there are companies that were digital ready that, could, that had supply chain, list logistics, warehousing, transaction platforms, all of that ready, and so they could just increase or you know ramp up accordingly and there were those companies that went oh what wish we'd done that back-end upgrade platform upgrades whatever it is you know cloud-based migration crm something you know and so that's when digital transformation it's the right word to phrase to use because business transformation is a much broader thing it's about all sorts of things you know employee satisfaction and etc whereas Digital is literally the you know the front end to your business that every brand has to have, and that whole direct to consumer model you see more and more and more. You, know, you can buy a car, you can buy toothpaste, you can buy clothes, you can buy you know, whatever, all those things are now that direct to consumer model. And so I think that you know in the creating a success in digital transformation is where I think I'll just kind of share some of my experience around what I think is the most complex dynamic. And, and, and I kind of, in my, I'm air drawing for the audience, a, a triangle. The triangle at the top is gradually an insight. On the left side is data and technology. And on the right side is or design, creative marketing. And it's a three-way tension between those forces and in the middle is, you know, the customer or let's call it, you know, the human-centered experience. And the tension is around, so the bottom right sort of creative marketing, social content, that whole, how's the, what's the brand experience look like? That's kind of one cohort of people inside an organization. Then you have the kind of tech data, which is about, the transaction and the, the commercial side of things and the platform and the cloud migration and all the kind of backing components, supply chain, e-com, et cetera. And on the top of that, you've got the sort of strategic insight business-led team. And those three teams need to work together in a, in a complete unified way. And I think that, you know, we, for my world in, in my agency background, that is, that is probably the most difficult period of how the whole agency world is starting to play out is to be able to have a foot in each of those roles and you see like an Accenture is buying a Sinistrader in Germany or a Droger 5 in New York you see IBM's scooping up digital agencies and then you see the WPPs of the world buying technology companies they're all kind of trying to gear up so that it can service that triangle and all move to the middle because that's where businesses want to operate. They want to understand all those three points of the triangle to come together. And I think the kind of the new, the sort of new world and a new way of thinking is that you can really have, if you know, my background is a creative director, but I love the kind of strategic part of it. So I'm on two sides of the triangle, but then I'm a bit of a speak the geek, but I'm not a techie. But I have to really understand you know, platform and technology and APIs and you know, marketing technology, et cetera, all those things and how they come together. I think that's the, the tension, and it's a positive tension inside an organization. And do you have any top tips when 
um, to ensure that successful, I guess, transformation, be it digital or, biz- or um, business-wide, that people need to kind of take on board and, and make sure that they do? <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, a little bit cliched, but it, it is all, it's about listening. They're really listening and not having an agenda when you start something. You know, when you, back to my triangle, if you listen to the, you know, techie guys, get excited about what they're excited about, you know, kind of go into their, their world, listen and see what it is that they want to do and what makes them, you know, be successful in the project. As I spoke about, like with the strategy and insight, you know, sit with those teams and try and bring that to life for them and take them on the journey with you. Else, depending on which your biases are, as I said before, mine's kind of creative. And then on the creative side, you know, get the, the creative design, marketing, UX, CX teams, take them on the journey and explain to them about, you know, how you think strategy is important and what technology you could use. And then bring that all together. So to be that kind of central point of, okay, again, a bit of a cliche, you know, the customer, it's the customer experience, but the customers also employees. Their partners, their investors, their media. There's lots of people that are, you know, customers or people that are going to experience the brand. Think about all their, how they perceive the brand and how they perceive that interaction. And then think about all those component parts in an organization that need to come together and be that center point, be that kind of glue, be that excited party that's looking at the, everyone's perspective and, and trying to bring it all together. And I think that's, that's really that listen, just listen to people and, and be excited about what they're excited about and bring, you know, bring people to have that sort of unified look about the end game. It's, in, it's incredible what you can end up with, probably way better than you expected. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think it's so vital, isn't it, to get everyone, well, as I say again, cliche term, but on the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll have to try and find some less cliched uh, yeah, you, you can you fall in the hole too easily. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you were stuck in Slough for three hours, <laughs> Slough on, on Thames. Yeah, Slough on Thames for three hours, and you're not allowed a phone or the internet. What would you do? I'd definitely walk by the river. I actually really like. I'm got. I said before about my kind of surfing passion. So anything to do with water, I'm there. There's something kind of calming, regenerating. Just it doesn't matter if it's a sludgy brown Thames. It's just it's just nice to be by the water. There's something yeah, regenerative and calming. So I definitely take a walk along the Thames. Thank you so much for joining us, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you, Vicky. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed talking to you. Nala is a brand acceleration agency for businesses that want to be part of the future. We help brands to find their momentum, to change and to transform through strategy and design. To find out more about our work and how Nala could help your business, visit us online at nala.co.uk.